So, Crystal Harding, come on up here. Crystal is uh, going to be preaching uh, this morning, and we've got a little series going where we invite someone uh, to give like their life sermon, like the, the one thing that they've been like, uh, like plowing into um, with them and God. And mm-hmm. Crystal's gonna gonna do that, and I think this is Crystal's first sermon. I think uh-huh. there's more to come. So, everybody knows Crystal, famous director of the Ypsilanti Community Choir. Okay, well, not with you. Okay, <laughs> like one person at a time. Okay. okay, I don't have a good history with this podium, but we'll we'll see. So. Good morning, everyone. So I think it was about in May when Ken asked me to do a sermon, and I knew that when I was asked to write a sermon, I needed to speak on the subject of God's peace, because this is what the Lord, the Holy Spirit, had been working with me with during the entire school year. I'm a high, as he mentioned, I'm a high school choir teacher, and. Bible verses on staying in God's peace. This, this has been my thing for a while. And I told Ken that I had to successfully finish the school year having remained in God's peace before I could <laughs> write about it. I mean, it was the end of the year. So if I was going to leave God's peace, that's when I was going to do it. So, now I'm going to skip that part. Okay, so as a left-handed black female growing up in the 70s, I became up close and personal with adversity at an early age. My parents always taught me, you will have to be three times as good just to be considered average. I embraced that. If another kid, usually a white kid of equal talent, earned an award, I would tell myself I was pretty good, but I was not three times as good as she was, so they had to give it to her. That seemed fair to me. My parents would also tell me, they didn't give it to you this time, but the cream always floats to the top. So when I did win, I really did appreciate it, and I relished it. And I would say things like, well, they picked me over all these white kids. I must be pretty good at this. So I don't say that to start a conversation on race. What I'm getting at is it is worth mentioning that some of us are predisposition to adversity, So staying in God's peace is a little bit easier for somebody who's, you know, never never really given a whole lot. Um, Since the times of slavery, black churches have taught us that even though we are being mistreated and things aren't going our way, he is still with us and he will still sustain us. A year or two ago, I was participating in a grief group and a white female Um, had mentioned that it was very difficult for her because she was used to things going her way. She was used to not getting disappointed. And I, on the other hand, was very used to things not going my way. So I was pretty sure that I was going to be a widow two years before my my husband passed away. I accepted it. I made peace with it. I prepared myself and I prepared my children. So embracing the concept of the peace that passeth all understanding may have been a little bit easier for me. My husband worked with a friend who had started up his own small church, and the name had 
Christian Center in the title. So I was thinking, well, that's not too threatening. Sure, let's give that a shot. <laughs> we loved this small church. It was just what our family needed. And it was kind of funny. It was really not funny, but it was. When my husband was hospitalized, our minister came to visit him in the hospital. And the minister was present when the social worker came and was asking questions. And she asked us if we went to church. And I told her, yes, we did. And she said, well, what denomination is your church? And I was about to say, eh, non-denominational Christian. But my uh, minister piped up and said, Pentecostal. Oh. And I said, for real? <laughs> That's what we are? I didn't know that. We're Pentecostal? Wow. I, I didn't even know. So... One thing I learned from accidentally joining a Pentecostal church <laughs> was how to pray in the spirit. I've never experienced speaking in tongues, but I do pray until I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's a very real sensation. Emily had mentioned she feels it in the ears. She feels something that's Kind of funny, because I feel that too. I feel like the Holy Spirit is whispering in my ears or blowing in my ears, and I feel engulfed in a calmness, kind of like I feel right now. <laughs> and, I, and it's a feeling that nothing could ever harm you. I've never been in the center of a tornado or a hurricane, but I figure this feeling must be pretty similar. When my kids were small, we had a house fire. And I remember my husband yelling from the basement, get out of the house, it's a fire. So I remember just praying, Jesus, help us. And the way I remember it, it was like I grabbed my children and we floated down the stairs and out the door. That's the way, I that's the way it felt, that just not being afraid, just knowing, okay, Holy Spirit's got us, God's got us. We're just going to walk out of the house into the snow with no shoes on <laughs> to the neighbor's house. My husband did a great job of getting my purse out, and I remember getting my cell phone, which was a new thing then, and calling 911, and you know, and everything was, I, nothing about that bothered me. I remember being very calm, not worried, not worried about the loss in the house, because I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. I was able to stay in God's peace. I was not afraid. My husband was a wreck but I was fine. I called in to work the next day, and I actually said, I won't be in. We had a house fire last night. We're all fine. There's a lot of damage to the house, but we were due for some remodeling anyway, so. <laughs> and we had to stay in a hotel for eight weeks. Nothing about that bothered me. My husband was an absolute wreck, but I had the peace that passeth all understanding. That's, this is what I learned from my Pentecostal church. I get this peace whenever I direct a concert. This is how I know that I'm doing what God wants me to do. I experience a little nervous excitement, kind of like right now, but as soon as the first beat drops, I can feel it. And I feel it more since I've been teaching high school because those older kids, they feel it too. It's like we're vibing, you know? and I'm directing them, and I feel like I'm just wishing the Holy Spirit all around because I, I feel it in my ears, and he's got me in a hug, and I got them in a hug, and they're smiling back at me. It's a beautiful feeling, even though I know some of my students are thinking about what they're going to eat after the concert, yeah. but that's okay. Yeah. But, but it's a beautiful feeling. 
They competed in Washington, D.C. my first year, and they had had a disastrous, a disastrous previous year. They weren't ready. I wasn't ready. But something told me, let's enroll these kids in a national com competition. That was the Holy Spirit. And they performed beautifully, flawlessly. Same thing when they performed this year, this past March, they performed at Carnegie Hall. And I was nervous before we did it. I'm like, I'm about to take these kids on the stage of Carnegie Hall. What was I thinking? <laughs> but once we got there, once the first beat dropped, the Holy Spirit was there. Always shows up. Holy Spirit always shows up. The most hellacious experiences of my life have been watching my father as he died of cancer in 2007, as he slowly died of cancer in 2007, and watching my husband deteriorate and die at the hands of mental illness and diabetes. He died in 2010, but he left us years earlier. As he was deteriorating, as he was deteriorating, Maurice was going through puberty. Okay, <laughs> it was like the Incredible Hulk on crack. So, tough time. <laughs> we had to deal with his emotional meltdowns, but even worse, we had to deal with other people's reactions to him. There were tears, frustration, utter exhaustion, but there was peace. God won't give you more than you can bear. And apparently he thinks I'm a badass. <laughs> if he brings you to it, he will bring you through it. These, you know, black girls, south side of Ypsilanti, this is how I was raised. <laughs> I remember we had another house fire when I was a kid, so things just seemed to spontaneously combust around my family, I'm not sure. But I remember my mom saying, we're going to get through this. It's okay. Nobody's mad. It's not like we're mad at each other. It's not like we're mad at each other. And that's the thing about peace. You can stay at peace no matter what you're going through, as long as nobody is intentionally sticking it to you. Which brings us to chapter two. It's hard to stay in God's peace when somebody's messing with you. Here, here. Yeah, it is. <laughs> they say the Lord will give you the same test over and over and over again till you pass it. I think I'm up to a B plus. And I'm going to keep striving for that A plus. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Exodus 14, 14. I like the Message Bible's version. God will fight the battle for you, and you, you keep your mouth shut. This was my mantra for the past school year. Just shut up, Crystal. Shut, don't tell anybody. Just shut up. I'm preaching to myself more than you. I'm still working through this. My peace issues have not been my family or church. If you are not at peace with your church, you can find another church. I, I can attest to that. 
It's as simple as that. And your family, you can't pick your family. You can't avoid them if you need to. I am at peace with my family. I'm not trying to avoid anybody. Just want to put that out there. I am at peace even in my country. I'm not pleased with my country. I'm not proud of my country right now, but I still have peace. I believe with all my being that things will change, and God brought us through this just to see how ugly our country is so that we can be aware and change. We still need to speak out and protest or simply unfriend, but we can be at peace knowing that God has a plan. I refuse to live in fear of what the orange one will do next. I just trust in God. It's been almost three years since that dreadful day in November of 2016. But at the same time, I have to admit some of my greatest blessings have occurred in those years. God is in control. I'm trying very hard to remain in God's peace at my job. When I am in my classroom with my students, it's pure joy. I love teaching music. I love my students. When I'm with them, I'm at peace. Whether I got to stay after school and make it a 12-hour day or whether I'm with them five days on end, I enjoy being with them. They annoy me sometimes. <laughs> but it's never the hurt that gets stuck under your skin. Kids are real, even high school kids, especially my ipsy, non-gentrified ipsy kids that I teach. That's right, give it up for them. They will tell you exactly what they think about everything and everybody. They are never fake, that's what I love about them. And they'll say things like, Miss Harding, I ain't even gonna lie to you. I didn't come to that concert because I had to go prom shopping while my mama still had the money. That's honest. I can't get mad at them for that. I'll tell anyone, my job is paradise as long as I don't leave the music department. It's true. I'm not good at peopling. I'm really not. I've seen many, many social media memes along the lines of, I'm at that age where peace is paramount. I avoid certain people and situations who disrupt my peace. Avoiding negative people is not weakness, it's wisdom. Yeah. Okay, let me give you a backstory. I teach in a district where two struggling districts went out of business and consolidated to become one struggling district. <laughs> I had worked 26 years in the previous district. I had a reputation for putting some good shows together. I had won a few awards. I had accomplished some big, good things. I earned status. A parent once told me, my son came home and told me that he was gonna play the xylophone for the spring musical. And I thought to my, no, he said he was gonna play the styrofoam for the spring musical. And, and I thought to myself, that Crystal Harding, she's so creative, she just does so much with those kids. <laughs> Imagine my disappointment when I got to the show and he was playing the xylophone. I was really looking forward to him playing the styrofoam. 
In 2016, I wrote an elementary school musical called Parables. It was based on the parables of Jesus. And although we never said the J word, parts of the script was actual scripture. In one of the scenes, a fourth grade portrayed the good soil. So I had dyed these oversized t-shirts, black and dark brown, and the um, art teacher made these black mud hats for the students. And we essentially put all of the little fourth graders in blackface with glitter, because they were the good soil. And yeah, even the black kids. So we had a handful of kids who were the seeds. They had on green t-shirts and green paint on their face. So in the show, the seeds look, you know, sat in cannonball style and the good soil danced around them. They put, they put a group hug, they put their arms around them. And then at the end of the song, the cheerleader lifted them and you know, the seeds did like this. So you get it? Like the good soil made the seeds grow. Okay, so I remember when we were doing a photo shoot for this show and the parents and other teachers were helping me paint the kids' faces. And one of the parents said, you know, if this was anybody other than you, we'd be in big trouble right now. You know, my coworkers used to tell me, well, you can get away with it, but I can't. Oh, and back to parables, when we did the show, it was very, very well received. Did it in a public school, totally got away with that because I had status, right? Okay, so, and administrators would also say to me, oh, you're involved in it? Well, then I'll, I'll just go ahead and sign off on it. I don't even have to know what you're doing. You're involved in it, then I'm sure it's going to be fine. I had respect. I had status. I had a little bit of privilege. For a left-handed black girl from the south side of Ypsilanti, this was huge. I had the juice. So now we've moved to this consolidated district, and somebody drank my juice. <laughs> or they spilled it or something, but I don't have it anymore. So now I will say things like, so this is what I plan on doing for the next show. And I hear, well, make, a, make an appointment to see my secretary and we'll talk about whether or not that's possible. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, didn't, I didn't have the juice anymore. So here's another backstory. It's not really a backstory, it's a very current story. I like to dress in bright colors. Um, I like ethnic colors, I like prints, I love tie-dyes, I love rainbows. I just love to dress in bright colors. And I actually ran into a former student. For some reason, I was out wearing solid colors. I don't know why, but I actually went out in public in solid colors. And I saw a student and said, hey, aren't you such and such? Didn't you go to? And she said, you know, I thought you were Miss Harding, but you weren't wearing anything tie-dyed, so I figured that couldn't be you. Once, for Halloween, I dressed in khaki pants and a black sports jacket for Halloween. And a kid walked up to me and said, you got a court date? <laughs> and another kid said, what did that kid tell me? I forgot. <laughs> oh, you got a job interview? And then another kid very simply said, that ain't right. <laughs> so I'm telling you all of this to tell you this is who I am. Yeah. This is who I've always been. This is 
this is me, right? And we even did that song last year. But anyway, so in this new district, they have a dress code, right? And I have no juice. So now I'm hearing things like, I think it's time we address your professional attire. You know, and I heard this a few times over and over. And, you know, and I would even say, that's really funny. In the 26 years previous, we never had to discuss my, my attire. Why do we have to, you know, what difference does it make? So, yeah, it was insulting and it was hurtful. And I got questioned about other petty things. And even if I had been in violation, so what? I mean, you know, I had the juice, I, yeah. you know. So I had figured wrong. I had figured if you did something long, long enough and you were good enough at it, no one should fudge with you. You might not get a title, you might not get a raise, you might not get a thank you, but at least nobody should fudge with you. I thought I was in the no fudge with zone. I was not. (laughs) And I did not realize how much that status meant to me. I didn't even have status in my own household. Maurice has the status in my household. And now Baby Haven has a status in my household. I don't have status at home. I certainly don't have privilege. (laughs) So I am ashamed to say that this, out of all that other stuff I went through, this has been the great disruption to my peace. This is my struggle. Life happens, tragedy happens, elections go wrong, but you can still find peace. This is personal. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Be still and know that I am God. Whatever you do, work with all your heart as working for God, not for human masters. If you follow me on Facebook, you see those verses a lot. I am very blessed to be able to get paid to do what I love. I am more than blessed beyond a doubt to know that I'm doing what God wants me to do. I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. I'm sure you can tell by my words, I haven't figured it out yet. One more story. This is going to be the last story, but this sums it up nicely. Remember at the beginning I said I needed to finish this school year before I could write this sermon? Okay, this right here, this is why. Toward the end of the school year, I had a meeting with a human master. It didn't end well. You know in cartoons where the red starts at the feet and it rises all the way up to the head and then there's smoke and a train whistle? Yeah. So I ended that meeting by slapping together my laptop and I stormed out the door, slammed the door. I evacuated God's peace. I left God's peace, running, screaming with my arms flailing. Went back to my classroom. Get back in God's peace. Get back in God's peace. Oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. God, please find him a job somewhere else. Oh, I'm, I'm not asking you to hurt him, Lord. Just get him away from me. Oh, make, make me not care. Make me not care. Shut up, Crystal. Shut up, Crystal. I'm going to pass this test. Not this time, devil. So I prayed. I said very little for the rest of that day. I kept my jaw clenched. Nope. I'm just fine. I'm fine. Nothing remarkable happened today. No, nothing happened today. I was not in God's peace, but I was still. Now, as the Holy Spirit would have it, 
my choir was watching the movie The Greatest Showman, the musical. Yeah, well. (laughs) Um, They were were watching the the movie while completing a study guide, because this was the last week of school. So like all good teachers, I showed a movie and and bought the accompanying worksheet from Teachers Pay Teachers, because that's what we do the last week of school. So there was a question about Barnum, who the highly fictionalized and romanticized Barnum, who was actually a racist human trafficker, but, but I diverged, I digress. Um, it says, what does he realize once he finally gets back to his family? And the answer was, as a kid who came from nothing, who was treated like dirt, he spent his entire life trying to prove himself worthy, seeking approval. And then he realizes that what he really needed, he had all along. It was his family. It was the love of his family. It was the love of his circus performers who he supposedly loved so much. That was the important thing. Okay, so that was a load of malarkey, but it hit home. What's important? My family's important. I am abundantly blessed. I have a church home where all members of my family can be exactly who they are, just like they are right now, and love and be loved and accepted. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. My mission is to share my love of music with my students. I get to do that. I get paid for that. Not enough, but I get paid to do it. You know, this is what I want to do. God has been good to me. I, it hit home with me. I don't think the kids got it, but I got it. So I had taught, this was the next day, and I had taught this lesson twice. And then after my second hour, that aforementioned human master came to me, and he said, you seemed upset yesterday. (laughs) So I thought about it, and I've decided to change what I said and reverse what I said, and yada, yada, blah, 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 blah. And... So I was still, and God fought the battle for me. That was true. But I wish I could tell you I said something profound, but I told him, thanks, but I really don't care anymore. This is just kind of dumb. I realized that what this person said shouldn't even mean that much to me. I mean, it was a lot to go through. So I returned to God's peace with help from the Holy Spirit. I have decided and learned that I, I cannot seek human approval on any level. I've never been a people pleaser, but now I really must subscribe to the notion that people's opinions of me are not my business. Acknowledgement means nothing if the acknowledger doesn't even care about you. Even my students, one of my smart students told me, Who cares if they acknowledge us or not? It's not like they're doing anything for us. We should be listening. You can't make everyone respect you, but you can refuse to be disrespected. That's another Facebook meme. Stay focused on why you're here. Pray a lot. Listen to the Holy Spirit. God will lead you to the people who are here for you. He will send up red flags to let you know who is not for you. In closing, I want to talk about nuns. Nuns. There's a nun whose image was making its way around social media a few years ago. 
She's always photographed with her tall fingers erect while the rest of her fingers are at rest. Her initials are F-I-G, none. Okay, maybe you'll figure that out later. <laughs> and then there's one of my role models, Whoopi Goldberg, who dressed as a nun in Sister Act. And in my first concert as a choir teacher, I dressed as a nun and our choir performed Joyful Joyful. What I love about Whoopi is she never conformed to Hollywood norms. That's why she's my role model. And then there's Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa was actually discouraged by the archdiocese to go to India. They did not help her. They did not want her to do what the other nuns discouraged her. But she did what the Holy Spirit led her to do. And she did not dress in traditional nuns garb. That's important to know. <laughs> I deeply relate to all of these sisters. F-I-G, none, like fudge I give, none. <laughs> Y'all slow. <laughs> and Mother Teresa have a lot in common. I'm going to close with my favorite Mother Teresa ditty. People are often unreasonable and irrational and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people will accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and sincere, people will deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years creating others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and, happy and happiness and peace, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today will only be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have. It will never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. Peace. I'm done. <laughs> Thank you so much, Crystal. You know, as, as she was talking, I was thinking about how, how hard it is for us to like find that peace and how we've got such a long, like there's so many stories in the Bible of trying to find that peace in the midst of, you know, adversity. So it's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a fiery furnace, or you've got Daniel surrounded by lions, or you've got Jonah stuck in the belly of a whale. And so we have to tell ourselves and remind ourselves with testimonies over and over and over, like the world is hard but we find our peace and our presence in God. And so with that, we usually like to do a couple of minutes of silence or guided meditation. And I thought, as I was listening to Crystal, it might be nice to just invite the Spirit to let us come and meditate on that. Be still and know that I am God. You know, that recentering of understanding like who we are, we can be fully who we are before God. And just let the presence rest over us. So come Holy Spirit.
Holy Spirit, may that peace that passes understanding just flow through our bodies and envelop us, no matter what situation we're going through in our personal lives, at work, at home, with our health, that we would really experience that divine spirit of love enveloping us and embracing us and guiding us, and that we will feel that your protection is around us, Lord, that we can um, tap into this place of peace where we can walk just knowing that you are there with us no matter what we're going through. In the name of Jesus, amen.